Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Power Block, episode 168. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is that retro code, Edward Farnell. Believe it or not, I never got to the Minus World, or never tried to get to the Minus World of Super Mario Brothers, but hello, everybody. The Minus World? Yeah. What, what's it's the, Super Mario Brothers? What's the Minus World? The minus world was a world that you sw- you swam in and it kept looping. You could never. Um, it was like a glitch in the game. Well, that's. And you, I thought you you never heard of it. No. Really, dude? You know how I am with retro games. If it wasn't like Ninja Turtles or Mario Three, I wasn't playing it. All right, you know, I just, you know how I am. Ah, it's a thing you need to look up. It was on the NES. Well, now I know. You learn something new every day, Edward. Yes. You know? You know? Uh, speaking of learning things, uh, before we get into the show, I'm, I'm really happy for the ex-Game Informer guys. Uh, they're, they're starting their own thing, and it kind of reminds me of like an e- Easy Allies uh, situation where like, you know, they lost their jobs, and that was just a terrible thing, and they started their own thing, and now they're uh, starting mid-max games. That's awesome. Yes, awesome. I know. I'm I'm really happy for them, and, and you know, it's a cool thing. I got I got kind of re-inspired today. I mean, last week I kind of was, but uh, when we were talking about all that stuff at the end of the show, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I got excited, but then all this crap was happening with my computer and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, my excitement was kind of tempered by, oh wait, technology. Uh, but that should hopefully be fixed next week. Next week. Next week. Uh, it should hopefully hopefully be fixed next week, and uh, we'll be live again. We'll be recording cool things again. We'll be doing more stuff. So you know, I'm I'm excited, Ed. I'm having a good time. I uh, I also with three. I mean, even after yesterday, uh, for some reason, YouTube emailed me and said that the NX uh, project uh, YouTube URL was. Uh, taken away from us for some reason <laughs> that was just some bs i think <laughs> i don't know i don't know it anymore ed you know i tr- we try we do stuff and we have cool things and then youtube sends me an email and now we got to fix some stuff <laughs> but uh what i did do though was i moved all the stuff from my personal youtube page uh the Corey and HD YouTube page over to the NX Projects uh, YouTube page. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Nintendo Power Block's there. The Nintendo Power Block Retro Game Show is there. Uh, some Let's Plays that Jesse and I have been doing and, and, you know, some other things are there. So, you know, it's all in one place, and it's it's good to have uh, everything in one place, you know, as we work towards what we kind of talked about on last week's episode and moving forward with yes. some stuff and uh you know just just trying to get everything in one place and ready to go for us to do that so uh but besides besides that how are you ed how 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 was your day how's your things how's things how's um, life uh fitting into my miniature position getting uh was concerned about some stuff that i'm like i know i did right and it kind of boggled my mind and i kind of feel like you in the sense, Corey, where when something is on your mind and it 
it it bog it boggles your mind and it bothers you because mm-hmm. you know you know that you did something right and it's just not you know you're not sure what went wrong and I got my answer about something uh, Wednesday and was super satisfied was super happy um, and uh, now I like I feel better. I feel more enthusiastic. It's still just learning the stuff, but like I, I feel like I'm in a good place. Um, and then I got some news for you after uh, we record. I think you'll actually enjoy this. Oh this boy, I'm, um, should I be concerned or excited, or both? Um, think you should be excited. Oh boy, you literally okay. should should be excited. Oh no. Okay. Uh, Speaking speaking of excitement, uh, let's get into this housekeeping. Uh, if you're new to the show, welcome to Nintendo Power Block. Each week, Edward and I get together to talk about Nintendo games, news, analysis, rumors, and other shenanigans. You can find Nintendo Power Block on YouTube, Spotify, and your favorite podcast app on Saturdays at 7 a.m. Eastern. We are also going to be streaming live on Mixer once everything is fixed, uh, but we'll give you more details about that later. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CoreyNHC713, that's me, and you can follow Ed at that retro code and check out our other podcasts and content uh, that we've been putting up on the YouTube page. Uh, I'm updating the website, so hopefully that will go uh, that will go well. And uh, yeah, that's, that's housekeeping. Uh, we're also going to announce our November giveaway, Ed. We're, we're going to do our first Nintendo Power Block giveaway since we've been back. I'm very excited about this yes. one. So, uh, as you know, Ed and I like to give away games sometimes, uh, and we kind of want to make this more of a regular thing here on, uh, on Nintendo Power Block. So, uh, we're going to announce a giveaway. Uh, we are giving away a digital copy of both Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. Yes! Uh, you can enter up to four times by each of the following. Uh, screenshot your podcast subscription, review, uh, review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, five-star reviews are preferred because it uh, helps with discoverability. Uh, an NX YouTube subscription and Mixer follow. Then send us an email uh, of your screenshots to nintendopowerblock at gmail.com and tell us where you listen to us and what you like about the show. The winner will be drawn on Thursday, November 13th, so get your entries in. Uh, so, like I said, you can enter up to four times uh each of those things counts as an entry. So if you uh, screenshot the podcast subscription, that's one entry. The review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that's a second entry. Uh, and NX YouTube subscription, that's a third entry. And then a Corey and HD Mixer follow. Uh, we're going to try to figure out what we're doing with mix- Mixer specifically uh, with the future of our shows. So uh, just... just uh, you know, stay, stay tuned. With us. We'll 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 figure it out. But uh, you, then you send us an email with all the screenshots attached, and then uh, tell us why you listen to where you listen to us and why you like us. So, uh, the yes. the winner again will be drawn on Thursday, November thirteenth. So you get your entries in, and uh, hopefully we'll be up live because I want to make that announcement live and get the winner uh, their digital code, uh, so they can start playing it that Friday. So, yes. Uh, yeah, or wait, Thursday, November 13th. That doesn't make sense. I think the 14th is the Thursday. So, my bad. 
whatever that Thursday is before the game comes out. I think it's the 13th or 14th, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who what would you get? Sword or shield? You'll have the answer. Uh me, I'm getting I'm getting sword. Or I'm getting shield. Oh, I'm getting both. So well, I have my sword versus your shield. That's fine. We sh- we will battle. That's fine. Uh, Ed, you playing anything interesting? You playing any games? Uh, yes. So um, I've been playing uh, Graceful Explosion Machine. Oh boy, that thing. <laughs> yes, and I've been getting my tail kicked. Uh, trying to get my score once again. Getting back into the groove of that game. Um, played a little bit of Luminous Remastered, like just having a good time with that. I really need to put my headphones in it and like listen to the soundtrack because I love the music of Luminous, but I've never really got a chance to sit down and like go track by track hearing this game for it. Um, been play, uh, played a little bit of Sengoku 3, if uh, it's the SNK beat em up, um, for it. Um, been playing a little bit of Contra, the Japanese version of Contra 1, uh, enjoying that. But I've been digging my time into Ninjin Clash of Carrots. And this is like an automatic runner beat em up arcade game where you're a rabbit who must collect um, carrots. And you get a sword and uh, un- like a kind of a a ninja star or a boomerang you know to throw and then you'll get superpowers and stuff and it's kind of very jokey very comedic um it's not it's the the controls are simple but it does get a little challenging if you don't bring in the right sword or bring in the right um uh special weapon and everything but i've been playing it at work and just like enjoying it on my lunch like i had this game for a while but i never got the chance to dig into it it looks really cool it looks like it could have been on a, a super nintendo game um but i just like the i just like how fun and easy and kind of how addictive it is um you do hit a lot of people and you build up combos so it is kind of simple but it there's a lot of stuff to master. There's a lot of stuff going on screen that you got to pay attention about. It is two players. You can play online if you guys care for it. Um, it may be on sale on the eShop, but because um, that's what I got. I got it on sale. But I'm definitely enjoying Ninja and Clash of Gears. Like, really playing that. I know I should be playing Zelda and Damon X Machina. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be jumping in those games a little bit later. Um, but I kind of just been trying to clean up some of my indie backlog, like get it done on my Switch and stuff. Um, as I before I head back into the big major games, because Luigi's Mansion is next week, and I want to be ready for that. Um, Pokemon, I definitely want to be ready for that. And then anything else, because I have a feeling, due to a uh, announced game we may see something really big happen at the next Nintendo Direct. And will we get it this month? Mm, I think it's too late, but I think we'll have one in November. There's got to be one last Direct for us. Well, I bet there'll be a Pokemon Direct at the beginning of November, right? Mm -hmm, Just because it's coming and they always have their own. Uh, And then I'm... 
positive there'll be one in December after the Game Awards, like they always say. You know, like they they always have one at the end uh, of the or after the Game Awards. So I I I think I think we're we're good for two more directs this year. Yeah, because like I think they want to get up at least until March. We know Animal Crossing is like right now is their like cut off of games that we know. Um, and they won't jump really big into 2020, maybe until February. You know, I think they'll do like the Nindy highlights and stuff in January, but we may get like, we won't see anything big until possibly March when uh, Animal Crossing come out for like the start or well, maybe there's, February. There's usually one at the beginning of February, right? Or middle of yeah. February to like say what's coming at the, fr- the first part of spring, right? Like, yeah, you know, I we already know the big January games are going to be Xenoblade and Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which pff, boy, that's that's a tough January. <laughs> I mean, like two huge RPGs ready to <laughs> just play on Switch. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to can like contain my excitement because my wife and my kid are both sleeping and like we record this show after they go to bed. So like I'm, it's really hard for me to be excited, and that's <laughs> kind of why like the last couple weeks like I've been kind of low key, low key a little bit, and and like struggling to like because like I want that intro to pop right and like yes, it's hard for me to keep a downtone intro. So I'm like thinking about keeping my voice lower instead of just you know letting loose on the show. Uh, <laughs> but there's there could be some changes coming real soon, hopefully. Uh, uh, I, I know we're talking about Nintendo, but Sunday we uh, are... Let's just say the show might be in a new location in a couple, in a couple months. So we'll see. We'll, I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to jinx anything, but Sunday... We're going to find out some information, and I'm very excited. So, anyways, back to uh, uh, Nintendo Direct stuff. Like, I, I really think that uh, there will be one in February to talk about March and April. And, like, Animal Crossing will definitely be the big one. I'm sure, mm-hmm. they'll, I'm sure they will want to announce the final Smash character at some point. Uh, for season, for season, or Fighter Pass 1. I'm sure they want to get uh fighter pass two out there and maybe you know having an, another character as like an incentive the way that piranha plant was right like if you pre-order yeah. the fighter pass you get a fighter for free or something and i i think they're holding off the last fighter to the game awards like this year i think we will find out who the last do fighter we know, do we know all the fighter or do we know fighters no. up to that point like are, are we uh, missing one or two we're missing one more because Piranha Plant is not part of it, no. so it was Joe. It was Joker, um, Hero from Dragon Quest, uh, Banjo, Banjo. Um, Wasn't there one in between Joker and Dragon Quest Hero and Banjo though? Wasn't there one in between? Yeah. Uh, no. No. Uh, because the fourth is uh, Fatal Frame. Right, no, I'm Fatal, uh, Fatal Furry, uh, Terry. Yeah, Terry's the fourth one. So, so now we okay, have so there's one only more. five in the fire pass. Okay. Yeah, so we have one more, and so he or he or she or it will be the last one 
that we would see probably at the Game Awards. And then maybe at the start of 2020, when they do that first Nintendo Direct, mm-hmm. Season 2 should be into effect. Yeah. Okay. I just... Uh... I was just trying to figure everything out and see what's happening. And and I'm sorry, I was looking it up, and you're right. So, uh, yeah, man, I think I think we're gonna get that Animal Crossing. I'm sure Gods and Monsters will be featured in something because I know Ubisoft kind of wants to position that as a Switch game, even though mm-hmm. you know we we're gonna talk about it later. But I know a bunch of Ubisoft games just got delayed. Uh, 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 some uh, Atlas is probably gonna have two games, maybe three. Well, I mean, they'll have uh, Tokyo. Aren't aren't they developing Tokyo Mirage Sessions, right? And then they, they'll have. They, we, we still haven't seen anything on on Shin Megami Tensei Five yet either. Which is which is one because like they've been showing stuff in Japan, mm-hmm. but um, we haven't got an update about that. And then when we get into a particular story for a game and news. Um, Hopefully another thing get attached to it because mm-hmm. it it yes I I have thoughts because <laughs> yeah. I was just like the mm, yep yes <laughs> so. uh you playing anything else any no um I n- n- no not really. Um, I've just been looking at my Switch, trying to see if anything else that I play. Nope, that's about it. Okay. Uh, well, for me, I played uh a couple matches of Fortnite season or Chapter Two, Season One, because that's a weird way to say that now. Uh, I mean, it's 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 Fortnite. I'm sure there's a bunch of differences that I don't know or care about because I don't play Fortnite that much. <laughs> Uh, but I did play it on the Switch because it finally updated, and it was it's it's Fortnite. I don't. It's a new map, so that's happening. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's it's Fortnite, so I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, and then you know, I'm looking at this huge list of games that I have to play. Right, like I, I have this huge list of games that I need to play for Game of the Year discussion. Uh, I have this huge list of games that. You know, Game Pass, there's a bunch now. Uh, Control, I haven't finished. Destiny, I haven't finished. Uh, the Outer Worlds is coming out, or is out, by the time you hear this. Which, which, when is the Outer Worlds for Switch coming? Is uh, it delayed? No, they just said it's later. They never said, they said it wasn't coming out day and date. They're, it's coming later, so I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere in the spring. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm going to try to stream and record something on the outer worlds uh mm-hmm. in, the, in the next couple of days because i really want to get back focused in the content that we want to do for uh what we're planning and and you know i want to stream too don't get me wrong i, I really want to get back into streaming too but uh, yes you know if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it right so uh but yeah i, I need to check out the outer worlds and control i want to record a video on uh but I was looking at my Switch and I was like, you know what I want to play? An RPG. <laughs> so you know what I did? I played I started two of them. <laughs> old games, by the way. Some of them over a decade old. Uh I started up Final Fantasy twelve on Switch. 
Yes. And uh, man, that game looks really good for being a 14 year old game at this point. <laughs> it looks real good. And I know like they went in and fixed a lot of th- things and made yeah. the character models. They made new character models similar to uh, 10 and eight. Like, uh, but that game looks really good. <laughs> Uh, I love the scale of that game. I love just like moving the camera to look up and like just the buildings and stuff. Everything is so tall and big and you can't go up there. Right. But you can, the sense of scale in that game is pretty cool. Uh, and then I, then I started up uh, Xenoblade Chronicles two. Yes. <laughs> Again. And I started over because I'm like, why would I, why would I start? Cause I don't know what I'm doing. So I like, I did the, fir- that first, uh, uh, mission and then you know went through the city stuff and uh then i went through that whole first uh where you get the the blade the first blade uh Mm -hmm. and then i'm on the first uh titan thing so like right where it opens up in that grass area Uh, yeah so that's that's where i'm at there by the way xenoblade chronicles 2 is a really good looking game it's it's almost like it looks like breath of the wild and you say Oh, well, did they copy it? No, they actually helped with the development of Breath of the Wild. So that's why the like the environments look similar. <laughs> so uh, that's a, that is a good game. That's a good looking game. I wanted to get back into it because uh, Xenoblade 1, uh, del- what is it, what's it called? Definitive Edition is coming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to get my feet wet with some Xenoblade because Xenoblade 1 is really good. I think it's... Uh, I don't know if it's aged as well as people want it to, but it is still it's it's one of the definitive RPGs of that time, right? Uh, what two thousand four? I think they localized it here. Five two thousand. Um, no, that's no two thousand like nine. Yeah, because we was right. Why eight oh was... eight oh nine? Yeah, because we was still yeah was still available before Wii U came out. Yeah, because so, I think Xen- yeah. Xenoblade One was the first of those three that they ported over, right? Uh, one Xenoblade, and then Pandora's Pandora Tomorrow. No, that's not it. Pandora. Pandora's Box. No, something Pandora. Oh, man, I can I. Anyways, it, it was that, and then the last story, which I hope that they take a. That needs I, to I switch. Hope they, I hope that needs to switch release because Mistwalker's Mist still around, right? They're making mobile games, yes. right? So, yes. like, I really hope they kind of go back and say, "Hey, can we get an HD port of this?" And they kind of, even if they, even if Mistwalker doesn't do it in house, because like their RPGs are really good. Like, I didn't play Blue Dragon, but Lost Odyssey is like the best Final Fantasy game in the last <laughs> twenty years. Um, just gonna throw that out there, and it's backwards compatible on Xbox One, and it was free for like three months. So, if you didn't get it. It, it, well, and the thing about the last story is that I couldn't get it because I went and got Xenoblade. Uh, and my friend d- d- went ahead and got it. And we were supposed to switch, like, let each other use it. But it never turned, uh, it didn't uh, happen. Yeah. So. Well, it happens. But I I have a copy, and I, I got that the co- the original run copy with the nice art book and the, new, the cool box, like the the cool like magnetic box and and that's a cool game man i i bought one of the the newer pro controllers for for Wii just for that game because uh they're like 
recommended to play with a with a classic controller so, pandora's tower Corey. <laughs> that one pandora's tower thank you i was like i know it's not box i think it's pandora's castle but that doesn't sound right so pandora's tower another cool game uh kind of like a action rpg mix like the combat was kind of like I want to say like kind of Dark Soulsy before Dark Souls. It was very mm-hmm. slow and deliberate. It wasn't hard. Like it wasn't meant to be hard. It was just very deliberate and and kind of slow. So, uh, cool game though. Yes. Uh, but that's that's all I've been playing. I've been wanting to. I'm be, I've been wanting to finish Fire Emblem, and I'm like, meh. I've been wanting to play Link's Awakening. I'm like, meh. I've been wanting to check out Antonio Goose Game. I'm like. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's all I've been playing, dude. That's all that's all I've been playing. Uh, yeah, I'm, and and I'm I've been up. I wanted to go to bed early last night, but I got on a roll of changing everything over to uh, the NX's uh, uh, YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. uh, I was trying to figure out where to put everything. Uh, so I I re reopen the nintendo power block uh playlist over there uh and i i'm gonna update the website this weekend and, and make sure everything is kind of uh s- starting i'm starting with the newest stuff this time instead of working the old stuff okay. up I'm, I'm gonna work with the newest stuff and work backwards that way everybody's up to date on stuff and um, i'm also gonna move the arsenal x uh stuff over so you'll be seeing classic episodes of of um, squad goals and stuff go up in the next couple weeks. So very excited for that as well. Oh, my nose. Why is it running all of a sudden? Uh, but that's, that's all I've been playing. So we're going to get into the news bits here. Uh, our first story game. I'm actually really, really looking forward to, uh, gods and monsters along with rainbow six, uh, quarantine and watchdogs legion. I know people don't really care about that on a Nintendo show, but uh, Ubisoft has delayed a bunch of games because of certain games underperforming. Uh, So I'm just going to read the article here on Game Informer. Uh, During Ubisoft's financial earnings call, the publisher announced that it would be delaying Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Watch Dogs Legion to 2020 to 2021 fiscal year. So for people who don't know, that is... Uh, April of 2020 through March of 2021. Uh, Ubisoft CEO and co-founder Yves Guillermo uh, stated the reason for the delay was to give each developer more time to craft its vision of each game. While not explicitly stated, uh, the delays may stem from the company's recent troubles with Ghost Recon Breakpoint. According to the call, Breakpoint has failed to meet sales expectations, and the company largely blames not giving the game enough time to uh, differentiate itself from previous entries. Uh, it is harder to generate interest for a sequel to as. Uh, hold on, let me restart that. It is harder to generate interest for a sequel to a live multiplayer game when prior iterations benefited from years of optimization. Uh, consequently, we need to make sure there is more time between each iteration for, uh, of live games. I th- I don't think that was the problem, though. I think that... They monetized the heck out no, of that I, game. See, I don't even think that's the problem. I think the problem is Wildlands and The Division, right, are two totally different games, right? And people mm-hmm. like The Division for one thing, and people liked Wildlands for another, and... I feel like they tried to make uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint 
meet somewhere in the middle and it failed to do that and i i i think people who want an rpg style game they're going to go for the division and for people who want you know the like a stealthy kind of uh multiplayer romp that you just go in with your friends and and take out bases and uh, i didn't play wildlands enough to even know what you do in that game to be 100 percent honest you did yourself a service trust but but you know what i mean like people want that they don't want those experiences mixing and you know assassin's creed made sense to go the action rpg route because it's assassin's creed and i actually really loved origins and odyssey they're fantastic games uh Mm -hmm. and watchdogs seems to be doing the same thing i haven't played enough watchdogs to really know and legion just looks like it does not interest me in one bit to be 100 percent honest i've I played one on Wii U, which was not the way to play that game. And two, I heard from all accounts, was was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it, it really was good. I, I really did enjoy it too. Plus, I think they, I think these games are being delayed because they want to hit that cross generation uh, thing to where, like, yeah. you know, hey, Watch Dogs is gonna be playable on all the new consoles as well as the old consoles, or. Uh, you know, I think Rainbow Six Quarantine will be a would be a decent launch game for for new systems. You know, I so. I don't even think my opinion about this is that I don't think none of those games are ready at all in the first place. Plus, plus and, like plus like you look at Gods and Monsters, which is most relevant to Switch audiences because I think I I I really think Ubisoft is going to try to position that as a Switch first game. Yeah, and like. We saw what a a a sixty second trailer, and that's all we've seen in that game at E three, and it was supposed to be out eight nine months later. Well, that's, that's, that's not that's that not was, anything. That was everything at Ubisoft's E three cross conference. It's just like I mean, that was everything at everybody's conference. That, well, let's, let's well, be fair. Nintendo. <laughs> uh, but, but the thing about it, it was just that. So, Breakpoint, they show for Stadia. They hyped it up with the trailer and everything. And, Stadia's you know, a whole different story. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. But Remember all Stadia, those features we I mean, promised? Not, not going to be there at launch. Remember the Bluetooth exactly. controller that every company makes for their console? Got to plug it in. <laughs> I'm just like, and, how do you not have something as simple as Bluetooth like working? Uh, anyways, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're you're preaching. Um, <laughs> uh, it, Google Stadia break... is going to be questionable content. <laughs> yes. Um, Breakpoint. You know, people blamed on how much it did. It was just like you can't. The thing with Ghost Recon Wildlands was that you were able to go to different areas and find special guns for your arsenal, and Breakpoint, it sounds like that you, if you want those good guns and stuff, you literally had to pay for them. No, there was I no answer. No, that's not. There was no answer. I mean, that's, not, that's, that's, that's the way that it's, that the way that it sounds. It, it, no it's, one said it's that. Cos, it's cosmetic stuff. It's everything you can buy for Breakpoint. You get a leveling, you can buy a leveling boost similar to what you could buy in Assassin's but, Creed. And but then, yeah. The guns, I think every, everything you can buy from that store is is cosmetic. I'm pretty sure. Well, it it sound it sounded like 
I mean, it sounds it's, it sounded bad because they didn't have clear messaging. I know what you're right, saying, it, right? Like this this heavy monetization, like what they showed of Breakpoint led you to believe none of that would be happening for this game. Mm-hmm. You know, even with do, them doing all this, this collective stuff, they had no idea about this. So to throw it in at the last moment for when you actually got the game and you actually seen that, oh, this is all this is in this game, it's, it's not a good sign for Ubisoft, you know. So, yes, God and Monster is delayed to, to well in. Well in. Look, Ubisoft is in a weird spot. Like they're they're having their success, but their success is very questionable, and it's kind of like sitting by the sidelines to watch what happens. Because even though Gods of Monsters is delayed, where is uh, between Good and Evil Two? Beyond Good and Evil Two, where is the update for that? Where is for Honor? Like. Something about Ubisoft, and they have to have something for E3 by next year. Something about them was, needs to change. And if they don't change it, it's not going to be good for any console with their games being on there in their business plan. It's just, it's, I don't think people are going to be interested in wanting to play or buy any of their products. So it's good. I, you know, if they need to work on these games, Go ahead and work on them. Do the cross generation stuff if y'all need to. That's good and dandy. But just heavy monetization. I, I really think that they're thinking of we can't put this in because this because this became such a big newsworthy story. This really led players off from buying our game. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I look. I I think games getting delayed is good. I think a lot of I think a lot of it is Ubisoft knows these games aren't going to be up to snuff, and they're going up against like the Final Fantasy VII remake and Cyberpunk and Avengers, which are you know maybe not games we're looking forward to specifically, but a lot of people are looking forward to certain games in that <laughs> genre. So like you know, plus there's a lot coming out next year for Nintendo fans to enjoy anyway. So. Yes. Speaking of games for Nintendo fans to enjoy, Tencent is reportedly hiring Switch port specialists. Uh, part owners of Fortnite and PUBG are also working with Nintendo uh, specifically. Uh, this comes from Nintendo Life. It's fair to say that a giant Chinese conglomerate Tencent has its fingers in a lot of pies, video game related and otherwise. The holdings company owns stakes in a large number of game companies across the globe, including League of Legends developer Riot Games, Epic Games, Activision Blizzard, and Ubisoft, just to name a few. They also brought huge MOBA uh, Arena Valor to Switch last year. According to Daniel Hamad, a senior analyst at uh, Nyko Partners, the company is on the lookout for uh, for a game developer with experience porting games to Nintendo Switch. You can read Ahmad's tweet below. Uh, he just says Tencent is hiring game dev, uh, a game dev to specialize in porting titles to Nintendo Switch. Tencent previously ported a, 
uh, and launched Arena Valor on Switch. More titles could be on the way, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a screenshot of a lot of Chinese text that I'm sure has been translated a few times. So, uh, Nintendo is currently working with the company to launch Switch and localize games for China, and Tencent has also been looking to acquire more studios in addition to the many it already has in its brimming portfolio. Uh, so, could be seeing some games being ported uh, to Switch from the developers owned by Tencent, I guess. So, I don't know. <sighs> I. I think Tencent is looking because they they own uh, Riot Games fully, uh, the League of Legends developers, and uh, I almost put it in the notes here, but I I didn't. It's not really something I think we need to be concerned about yet. But uh, Riot did just celebrate uh, LOL 10, which is uh, League of Legends 10th anniversary, by mm-hmm. announcing uh, their free to play card game, which would probably be a hit on Switch. Uh, they announced a uh, hero shooter called Project A, I think, and it's kind of it's Counter Strike meets Overwatch, and uh, a fighting game Project L, which is uh, a, fight, a fighting game probably featuring League of Legends characters amongst other games. But you know, uh, I think they also announced a MOBA coming to consoles in a couple years. So uh, they announced a bunch of new games, and I think a lot of them would probably fit on switch at some point fighting game definitely uh card Mm -hmm. card game definitely so uh maybe they're maybe they're looking to kind of go that route with it uh but what do you think ed what do you what do you think about the 10 cent stuff um i think it's it's good this is the only way to get switch into china um and people are willing to you know play those games and give it a try I think this is a good way. Um, trying to find someone to support uh, some games for it, you know, that's cool. You know, and maybe, who knows, uh, we could probably be getting some games that only were released or created in China. Maybe we could get them here in America. Yeah, so. I know. I know a lot of people are kind of against china like chinese development and chinese like meddling in american or western uh companies but mm-hmm. you know i i i don't really know enough about tencent to like tell you if they're good or bad or whatever but i do know they own stakes in like capcom and bandai namco and activision blizzard and you know the companies i mentioned in the article like they have their hands in a lot of pie. I think they're just a big investment firm that just wants to make money anywhere they can. And video games is a big market. And so why not try to do more with it? This is kind of like- what I'm seeing. So, uh, Anyways, speaking of Capcom, which has nothing to do with the story because the game's not in it, in this collection. <laughs> but... Uh, this comes from Nintendo Life Retro and Legacy Editions announced for Aladdin and the Lion King. Uh, pre-orders open later today. Retro video game lovers are in for a treat later this month when Aladdin and Lion King arrive on Switch. As part of this launch, multiple physical editions have been announced as well. The first two are Switch-exclusive retro editions for $49.99 each. Both of these come with an exclusive poster, uh, a retro-style manual, and a retro-style packaging. It's cool. The the Switch, Lion King, and Aladdin looks like a Super Nintendo box. It looks really cool. Yeah. 
If you prefer legacy cartridges, I Am 8-Bit is offering Aladdin on Sega Genesis cart and Lion King on a Super Nintendo cart. Both of these are limited to 4,500 copies, and each will set you back about $100. Pre-orders of those also open later today. It's cool. The Lion King one is a yellow cartridge. It looks really cool. Uh, and the physical Aladdin version comes in a Sega Genesis box. It's awesome. Uh, but I already have that box and that game. So um, brand new playable cartridge. Uh Compatible with NTSC Genesis and EU Mega Drive retro consoles. Uh, oh, these are just describing me the the game the, the cartridges. So I'm not going to read that. Sorry, everybody. Uh, if you don't like forking out this much money for these fancy versions, you can always opt for the standard digital or physical copy of Aladdin and The Lion King. So that's cool. I like it. I like seeing stuff like this. I know Capcom yeah. Capcom did this with Street Fighter. Uh, Street Fighter 2 a couple years ago I want to say where they actually mm-hmm. made a made collector's edition cartridges and there's actually sp- uh, special cartridges like one out of every 10 was green which was an extra limited edition or something so yeah. it's cool I I know I am 8 bit specializes in stuff like this too it's just it's just cool to see stuff like this come out and uh, as a big Disney fan these and a huge fan of of the genesis versions of those games uh very cool very 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 cool uh yeah so these games were developed by virgin yeah or published by virgin which is Um, why the uh aladdin for super nintendo is not on here because it was developed by capcom capcom yes um i heard the lion king was super hard um and i never played it Oh, the, uh, the Lion King is super hard, dude. The level, the I just can't wait to be king level. Oh, mm-hmm. Jumping on those animals and trying to guess which monkeys to jump to. or Because if you jumped through the wrong rings of monkeys, they would throw you in the water and you'd have to start over. And it, oh, it was just oh, stupid monkeys. Hate them. Hate them. So. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I, lo- I like that they're doing this kind of collection. I don't really go for those games because Aladdin to me was like kind of perfect on uh Super Nintendo. Mm, um mm, mm. but like if I think I think if these games were like a little bit cheaper um or I'll just wait for a sale to try them out. But well I think I, I, I like, think I, like I think the fact uh, that I think the physical edition's only thirty dollars for this the basic edition. Like the just the switch box and the cart. Mm. A, a game like a, a game like Aladdin and The Lion King is something I'll do digitally. I wouldn't do a physical thing. I know because you're a big Disney fan, that well, would be I cool mean, I, for you to have. It would be Disney cool, game. but I also already own them physically for from when they originally came out in the <laughs> 90s. So. That is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't think I will be getting those physical editions because they're just fancier cartridges than the ones I already have. Right. Now, if I was going to do like uh, kind of cartoon thing. I would like Animaniacs for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Or no, any not any Animaniacs. I'm sorry, Tiny Toons. Ooh, Tiny, Tiny Toon Adventures. Adventures, dude. All oh, that library level, dude. Oh, it's awful. Hated it. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to the next story. Speaking of classic video games, Ed. Uh, this comes from Game Informer. Relive handheld glories with the analog pocket. The uh, Analog, the company behind the Super NT and the Mega SG Premium Retro Consoles, has announced the Analog Pocket, 
This new handheld device follows in the footsteps of the Super NT and Mega SG systems in that it allows you to play retro games you already own natively with no emulation required, uh, but it also adds several new features to help make this more unique product. The Analog Pocket works out works out of the box with nearly 3,000 cartridges from the libraries of Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. That's so awesome. Uh, Additionally, you can purchase purchase cartridge adapters that will allow it to work with games from other handheld system libraries like Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, and Atari Lynx. Dude, have you seen the look of this console? Yeah. It looks so cool. I want one so bad. But uh, the Analog Pocket features a 3.5-inch 6... 615 PPI LCD screen. I don't know what any of those numbers mean. With 10 times the resolution of the original Game Boy, the team behind it claims that it is the most advanced screen to ever appear on a video game system. On top of that, all buttons on the system are mappable and the sound comes from through the uh, stereo speakers or a 3.5 millimeter set of headphones. Uh, the system also has a micro SD slot, an original link uh, cable plug, which is awesome, and a rechargeable battery battery that uses USB-C. Man, all this sounds amazing. I want one so bad. Yeah. Uh, if you would rather play your games on the big screen, Analog will will also be releasing the Analog Pocket Dock, which lets you output directly to a monitor via HDMI. You can also use the dock to sync directly with the wireless Bluetooth controllers or connect up to two controllers directly via USB cable. That's so awesome. I want one of these really bad now. I want the black one. Oh, it looks so sexy. Uh, <laughs> sorry, this is getting real <laughs> weird. <laughs> uh, while the analog pocket's core functionality is playing retro games from various handheld devices of the past, the system has something for creative types as well. The analog pocket is designed for FPGA development with a second dedicated FPGA included specific- specifically for developers to create and port using analog's proprietary hardware and scalers. Uh, the system also features a built-in digital audio workstation called NanoLoop, which includes a synthesizer and sequencer. This is designed for music creation and live performance, so you can even try your hand at composing or playing live using the analog pocket. That's so cool. Dude, that sounds like something up Jesse's alley, to be honest with you. The music yeah. creation tools. Ugh. Uh, the analog pocket is set to hit sometime in 2020 and will cost $200. The price and release information for the dock has yet to be announced. Oh my gosh, I want that so bad, dude! It looks so cool. Oh, yeah, I want I want that black one so bad. I think when it comes when it comes out, I think a lot of people are going to buy it, and then they'll probably hit like a lot of games. Dude, uh, that, GameStop. The cl- like the collection of like with this thing, I think the collection of retro cartridges for Game Boy and Game Boy Advance specifically are going to go up. Like Oof. a lot of people are going to start looking for those again, dude. Yeah, I'm so happy. Like the the picture in the story has not only does it have uh, Fall of the Foot Clan, the best Ninja Turtles <laughs> Game Boy game. Yes. <laughs> it also has uh, uh, this weird Mickey Mouse game that I used to play. Uh-oh. on my game boy and they have that in the picture as well nice so awesome so yeah. uh but the analog pocket for you retro handheld gamers is coming to you soon for 200 dollars. so awesome i want one really bad i wonder if this is going to spike any interest for nintendo to make a game boy classic um i mean not not that it's like the same thing because i think this is more for a retro uh uh, cartridge collectors more than like 
you know, whatever, more than like the people who buy that, like, like, you know, people, people buy this super NT and the, those, uh, Retron boxes to play their carts mm-hmm. that they already own. Right. Whereas I yes. think, you know, people who buy the SNES classic or the NES classic or people who just like, Oh, I, I want to play those games once in a while, but I don't really collect, you know? So it's cool though. Oh, that's so cool. Dude, they're both see. they're both cool i want the white one too uh, i'll take the black oh man they're so cool the white, the white would get too dirty <laughs> all right we're moving on this story comes from nintendo life it's about rocket league uh by the way did you see the the stuff they're doing in rocket league for for halloween yes they, they're doing a cool stranger things crossover which i'm not really into stranger things but like it looks cool with what they're doing but anyways, the original Rocket League DLC packs are being added to the base game for free. The update is rolling out before the end of the year. Uh, in the latest news post, Psyonix has revealed that it will be adding all the original DLC packs in the base version of Rocket League at no additional cost. This includes Supersonic Fury, Revenge of the Battle Cars, and Chaos Run DLC pack. Um, Following an update before the end of the year, everything included in the Supersonic Fury, Revenge of the Battle Cars, and Chaos Run DLC packs will be automatically available for all Rocket League owners. In other words, all owners of Rocket League will also have access to Dominus, uh, Takumi, Scarab, Zippy, Ripper, and Grog. Those must be cars that you can play as in Rocket League. Uh, As a result of this, the three DLCs will no longer be available to purchase. Rocket League Game of the Year Edition will also no be will also no longer be available because it includes these three DLCs. If you purchase this content after October first, twenty nineteen, you'll be eligible for a refund through the respective platform. Uh, so cool! If you're playing Rocket League on Switch, which is a great version of that game, uh, yes, you're getting some free DLC. So that's really cool. Uh, Psyonix has also confirmed the next Frosty Fest will take place in December, which is their snow-covered hockey event. So that's really cool, too. Uh, their hockey events are cool. I, I like watching that sometimes. I'm surprised that Rocket League haven't been like in esports and stuff like that. I mean, I think it has. We're just not the audience for it. Like, we don't really pay attention. You know, it's the, sa- it's the same thing with, like, Overwatch League. Like, mm. we know it exists, so you just don't watch it. Although I watch it sometimes. Uh, but that's cool, like getting a good value that people are buying the base game and then for the free DLC because, like, that's a lot of content and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. Man, Psyonix has really been doing a lot of things right, I think, with Rocket League. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that game. I can't believe that game is still going, dude. It's like. It's like I know Moose posted something in the Nerds Gone Rogue community about Helldivers getting an update. Yeah. Like, that's insane. I didn't know people still played Helldivers. Like, I mean, and don't get me wrong, it was fun when we played it that one night with them, but like, yeah. But like, that game is what, four or five years old at this point? And I know Rocket League is like super competitive and it was free on PlayStation for a while and it's on Game Pass and. Uh, it's on switch now like i know that game is everywhere and it's popular but like they're still like going like it came out like six months ago it's awesome i love seeing games like this just keep yeah just keep going and just keep like because like in a world of like Fortnite and destiny and call of duty right it's nice to see the small indie game kind of get the recognition it deserves and uh 
because if people remember, Rocket League is not, it's actually a sequel. Rocket League is a sequel to a game that came out on PS3 called Supersonic Rocket Cars or something. Yeah. And it did not do well. Like it, the company almost went down because of that, I think, or they, they were in some financial trouble and they ended up getting funding for Rocket League. And, uh, I think the PlayStation plus free because it came out on PlayStation plus on release day. And I think that really, really helped that game take off. Yes. So, uh, Rocket League's cool game. I bought it on switch. It's, it's super cool. So especially, especially if you, especially if you have kids, right? Like I think a lot of kids are really into it too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, all right, we're going to move on to our last news story. It's not really a news story. It's more of a, uh, interesting interview Ed sent to me, uh, about Nintendo's, uh, dev teams and, and their, their development and stuff. So, uh, this, this last story comes from Nintendo life. Uh, Nintendo's dev teams need freedom to experiment, according to President Shantaro Furukawa. Uh, New ideas are what it's all about. Uh, Since Shantaro Furukawa, wow, I'm really bad, I'm sorry, uh, took over as Nintendo's president in 2018, we've heard how he wants to respect the company's traditions and would like more people playing Nintendo games than ever before. Now, in a, where, in a rare Western interview recently, he revealed how, quote, above all else, he wants Nintendo's teams to be able to experiment with new ideas so the iconic video game company can keep doing what it does best. Uh, quote, above all else, I base my decisions on the development leader's way of thinking. Nintendo is Nintendo because of our games, characters, and IP. So giving our teams the freedom to experiment with new ideas and is something I strongly agree with. Expansion can't happen with without the freedom to try something new and the courage to step into unfamiliar territory. Uh, Furukawa started in Nintendo's accounting department in 1994, so it is a relief to hear how encourage, encouraging he is of freedom and new ideas despite potential financial risks, and especially after the troubled Wii U generation, which was arguably a reminder of how the company's experimentation can backfire. So, uh, really cool to see someone as big as Nintendo. It's, it's kind of like the same approach that Xbox is taking with their teams, right? Like, it's nice to see mm-hmm. Nintendo kind of take that, uh, verbally say that as well, right? Where, you know, we, we talk about how Phil Spencer bought up all these companies, or, well, not Phil Spencer himself, but, you know, Xbox buying all these companies yes. and saying, hey, we want you to have the creative freedom you know, with, with the Game Pass subscription and, and you know, we, we just want your game, we want you to make the game that you are envisioning without any setbacks, right? And it's nice to see that Nintendo is is stepping out of their comfort zone too. Like, I mean, we saw it with, with uh, Breath of the Wild, right? Right off the bat. That, that game on paper we- does not read like a Zelda game, right? Open world, we- do whatever you want. Like, I mean, it, it does from like a classic, sense but like not from from the 3d zeldas like it was very the 3d zeldas were very linear even though you could go into hyrule field and run around and explore right like there was a a definitive path where breath of the wild you could go wherever you wanted you can find shrines that kind of stuff uh so it's really interesting to see him open see this open up about this so we we kind of even seen it when iwata was alive with splatoon you know who knew that uh, online 
style game like Splatoon would take off like that. You know, yeah. and bringing in these three, like three new people that we haven't really heard of, but they're coming in and experimenting and showcasing and working on it. And I'm like, that's cool. And playing, and then, off, and playing off what you said about Iwata real quick, like, you know, I, I know like the Wii and the Wii U and the DS were all like kind of his ideas, but I think like, I think what the Switch is now is the is like finally what Iwata wanted from the creations of the DS and the Wii and the Wii U like coming together, right? Like, I I know I know he was had a very uh, uh, heavy influence on what the Switch was before mm-hmm. he passed away, and sadly he didn't get to see it, uh, you know, come to fruition or whatever. But like, his influence is in there, and and to see Furukawa kind of fill those shoes in the same direction is like really comforting as a Nintendo fan, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, and it's, it's, I, I actually asked, um, one of my Twitter friends, I'm just like, do you think companies need to have failure? Um, and Nintendo have had some, if, if you want to consider, consider it as a failure, you can with we and we, you and, um, some other things like how people kind of laugh and, or really just like this stuff is not for me I you know it belongs in the closet I'm just like ideas that fail sometimes could always resurrect to make something successful and you know Wii U Wii DS like uh, all the stuff that Nintendo has done even with GameCube and N64 all the stuff that Nintendo has done with just their technology and their systems kind of led everything up to right now. And to see game to see games and their ideas on each of those platforms still being used to this very day. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say that N64 was a failure. That's fine. But look how much Rumble played that part. Look how much the, I mean, the Z targeting analog- and the analog stick, right? Like, yeah. I mean, PlayStation launched with with the 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 original controller with no analog sticks, right? Like it was all still D pad face buttons, you know, two shoulder buttons, right? And no no Rumble. And you know, you got games like Resident Evil and Dino Crisis and and games that you know you. Metal Gear, even where you couldn't, you had to turn with the shoulder buttons. You couldn't, like, you know, you play games like we do today. And then Nintendo introduces the the analog stick. And what does PlayStation do? They make a controller with two analog sticks, right? And and right. Uh, Rumble and and you know the Rumble Pack was huge. You know, it's heavy as crap and takes batteries and it's, dies every five you- five minutes. But like. <laughs> That just having that force feedback in Star Fox was awesome because that's I mean that's the game I remember getting my Rumble mm-hmm. pack with was was Star Fox. I remember that e- big the big cardboard box that was like three, <laughs> three times the size of a yeah. normal Nintendo sixty four box. And <laughs> even even if you look at Donkey Kong sixty four when it had like the upgradable the upgrade chip yeah the, you put the in, ramp the expansion the ramp, that's like, I mean that's what we named expansion pack after <laughs> like like who. Like, who would even actually think of that? Well, there was 32X, but, like, it didn't... 32X was uh, Sega Genesis, like, add-on. But it didn't do <laughs> how well the that um, the realm card was. And then, just even... Even if you look at GameCube, 
even with it's kind of like low sales and stuff. Um, the four controllers, the handle, and everything. Oh, dude, the GameCube mini- is so good. Yeah, like, like it's it's crazy to even think that you know attaching a game uh, a Game Boy Advance player and playing Game Boys on TV, but like the Wave Bird, mm-hmm. like. The Waybird itself was kind of like the first Bluetooth controller. Yeah, you know. I mean, and, it was. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it used it, it used radio signals to to communicate, but it was the first first party wireless controller, and it worked right. It wasn't one of these third party Logitech ones that that worked sometimes, or you know, didn't interfere with your TV remote or anything. Right? It was. The WaveBird was a great version of the GameCube controller that just worked, right? It right. just worked. And now we're so used to like wireless controllers and I know I know hardcore people plug their controllers in to to, you know, have better response time or whatever, but the the 99% of us like sitting back on our couch playing games and and with the wireless controller. It's not like it used to be where we had to have the Nintendo sitting on the floor and be like 10 feet from the TV with the controller. Right. right? Cause like the yeah, gosh, controller cords are so bad. Like I remember sitting behind my parents had a little TV set up for me behind their couch with my, mm-hmm. gen, with my NES and my Genesis sitting on this little two shelf rolly cart, right. With a small TV on it. And I would sit behind the couch really close to the TV because the cords weren't long enough right. to be in the entertainment center. So that's where I played my games. It was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Dude, I played all my games standing up. My I had uh, a dresser drawer, a four a four dresser drawer, um, and my TV and my Super Nintendo, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Super Graphics. All my video game consoles were always on my dresser on my little TV, and yeah. I would just stand up and play them. Well, like and, that then, was only- and, and then I remember, like, I remember going over to my friend Brian's house, and I remember they got a they got a big TV in their basement, and we hooked a Super Nintendo up to it, and we played Turtles in Time for the first time. Like, I remember this so vividly, and like, mm-hmm. his his dad was like a big train collector, so he had like this huge train set behind us, and we had like the Super Nintendo in front of us hooked up to this giant TV, and we would hold up Ninja Turtle action figures. You're like the turtles are as big as our action figures on this TV. <laughs> and like, you know, we were, we would play that and we would play a Mario Kart and, and, uh, you know, Mario, like super Mario world and stuff. But like, you know, it, it was while like Nintendo's made so many innovations in the space, like eat, say what you will about the Wii, but just look at the sim, like simplifying the controller sold that console. Right, like yeah, it's just making that controller so simple to use and understand. People understood how to use the Wii just by looking at the remote, and it was like for for me. I I mean, I know you like the Wii, but like for me, like I didn't really care for the Wii because of that. But like, you can't deny the innovation of that controller and what it did for that console. Right, it 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 got it got people in. That was that was the thing about it. It was just like. This is innovation, and this is cre- uh, what people can create. You know, it, I know people were so focused on success, but let there be some failures because you could always learn something from them. And if you still believe in a product, it's still going to support it. You could put out a new version of it. Take the good 
maybe work on some of the bad that you still think could can work and apply it. And that's kind of what Nintendo has been about. And definitely seeing it and I always talk about arms and stuff. Just like it's good that Furukawa and the gave them to do something like ours, you know, taking punch out and taking uh, the Wii uh, boxing stuff and just like mixing them together, but also make it arcadey and make it fun. Letting that be out there and giving it a chance because it created a community. We don't, we don't really hear from them or we don't talk about them, but it's good to read that, you know, this is a community that was born out of something that was new, that was fresh, and something that hasn't been done in a long time. And it works. Mm-hmm. You know, mixing the mixing a fighter and a boxing game together. Like what what boxing game can you name that has a big community besides what Punch Out and Punch Out and Ready to Rumble, maybe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the Ready to Rumble. Jeez. And that, and, and that's a and that's a big if. But it, it's it's good that you know for covers that in these teams come with come up with ideas, you know, test them, see if they work. If if not if things don't work, it's always good that they could brainstorm new stuff, work on it and bring something else. If not, carry that idea to a existing IP and flesh it out and make it work. Like I I love that. And I feel like we don't sorry to say this. I feel like we don't get that from Microsoft. We don't give get that for Sony cuz they're trying to achieve a different thing, a different goal for a different audience. And I kind of wish that they would go out. I wish they would go out and create something new so that even Nintendo could look at them and be like I would love to have that idea on my platform. Mm-hmm. And and not the reverse. Yeah. I would love for that to happen. Yeah, uh, and you know, I I think just growing up, growing up with Nintendo. I know a lot of kids don't haven't grown up with Nintendo the way that we have, right? Like, you know, it's it's just the fact that you know Xbox and PlayStation have become way bigger than they were in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. or even you know even PlayStation in the late nineties. Like, I, I know PlayStation was was big in the nineties, but you know what I mean, like. Kids, kids grew up with either PlayStation or N64 or Xbox or GameCube or PlayStation 2. Like, you know, it, they, it just wasn't the same with us growing up because, you know, the NES was it. You know, there were very yeah. there were very few people who had a master system, right? Like, I it's almost a negligible amount. Let's be let's be honest, right? I mean, I have a master system sitting at home, but let's be honest, who who, who played it? I mean, what are you going to play, Enduro Racer? Rocky pass. Uh, so Alex kid, maybe, uh, it's the town. <laughs> oh man. I outrun <laughs> double dragon. Oh man. You can play those on NES. Uh, anyways, g- get, <laughs> getting back to the point <laughs> I was making is like, there's so many more options now and, and, you know, Genesis, I got a Genesis because my cousin bought a Super Nintendo and mm-hmm. he gave me his Genesis, right? That's that's why I ended up having a Genesis. And then when N64 came out, I was I almost asked for a Super Nintendo for Christmas instead of a Nintendo 64 because of, you know, playing it at my friend's houses and all the cool new games. And uh, I think Metroid and Donkey Kong were coming out and I wanted to play them and I didn't 
get to because I didn't have them. <laughs> I didn't have a Super Nintendo, and I got an N64 instead, uh, which, don't get me wrong, very good decision. Super Mario 64 still remains as one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, it's high up there for a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, Nintendo has innovated a lot, and I think that's why they're still around today, and it's because of the, at least on the on the console side, they've had a lot of freedom to do what they felt they needed to do. And now, you know, seeing that reiteration on the, on the game side is, is reassuring as a Nintendo fan. Uh, speaking of Nintendo fans, let's get into the question block. Yes. Remember you can email the show at Nintendo at gmail.com with your question. Uh, of course we are changing the way, uh, when we f- finalize everything the way you interact with the show uh but for now you can email us at nintendopowerblock at gmail.com or look for our question threads and on our social media um, thank you ed for putting the, sh- the 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 call out while i was bathing my kid uh <laughs> our first question comes from ashley davidson she says do you think Nintendo team uh, Nintendo teams have the creative freedom to create the games they want to make. Who's your favorite Nintendo developer? Uh, well, I mean I, that is the that I mean we kind of answered the first part of this question already. Like, you know, I I think Nintendo does have the creative freedom because the original creators are still running the show. You know, if you know if, uh, 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 Miyamoto and Anuma. And, you know, Iwata up till his passing, you know, like all all these guys have been around since uh, the NES, right? And and they're still running the show because of how creative they were. And I I think letting them, like you brought up Splatoon earlier, right? Yes. Letting them have the creative freedom to make Splatoon was a huge risk, uh, especially on the Wii U, right? But look how well it did and look how well Splatoon 2 is still doing to this day, right? Like, Mm -hmm. It, it's still in the top 10 uh you know nintendo releases since the switch has come out and and so uh, look at arms look at the risk they took on arms and it sold uh pretty well for a new ip right i think it's i think it's sold over two million copies uh you know and, and don't get me wrong you have some busts like one two switch was not great but but you did have snipper clips right like snipper clips was a huge huge success for Nintendo uh, and, and that developer, I, I can't think of the developer's name at this point, but uh, I, I, I think they are allowed to be creative and I think that's what's making them making the Switch so successful. You know, they're, they're allowed to put out games like, like Xenoblade Chronicles 2, right? Like that, I mean, another JRPG in this climate, like, sure. You know why not? We're not gonna make. We're not gonna sell a million copies. But then you do sell a million copies. You sell almost two million copies. Uh, you know you you take a risk on rebooting Mario Party and look how well that did. Uh, Mario Kart Eight is is you know adding gravity to Mario Kart was a, probably a big risk, but they did it right. Making Zelda mm-hmm. an open world action RPG was also a huge risk, uh, but they did it, and it's now the best selling Zelda game of all time. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I think they still have the creative juices flowing over there and doing what they want. Dude, speaking of look at Pikmin, right? That game, that game is a, is a weird game, right? You throw little bugs at spaceship parts and carry them back to your spaceship and build a spaceship. Who would have thought that would have been successful, right? 
So it's focusing on something. Uh, again, the list of Nintendo developers. Oh. Uh, uh, but, but I think it's good I've... that you mentioned. Oh, what? Sorry, go ahead. You, you mentioned Pikmin. Um, something that you would never like. Pikmin is a is a mixture of a sim game and a real time strategy game, and. Nintendo know how to do real time strategy because of Fire Emblem. They mm-hmm. know that, but like I've never seen Nintendo do a sim game. Mm-hmm. And the way that Pikmin is, it's just like this is my first sim game to get into, and it's like it's really cool that like Miyamoto thought of this game because of a garden. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. Like little. Little things like that to be inspired to make a game around, and it's so it's bonkers on how well it's sold. Right, and how, look, at, look at the collaborations they've had too. And I know this isn't Nintendo internally, but yeah. look at look at the success of Mario Plus Rabbids. Like you know, like look at that creative freedom. You're telling me you want to put you want to give Mario and pair him up with the dumb Rabbids from Rayman and do a a strategy like a. a XCOM style strategy game on paper. You really think that's going to work? Think about it. it. Like just that idea, like give Mario a gun and team up with these dumb rabbits for a strategy game. People laugh at the idea and Ubisoft laughed at the bank. Yeah. Cause it's so, so much like, like you can't, there's just, there's weirdness that Nintendo is great at. Mm-hmm. And that weirdness, uh, it's successful. Like I don't think no one would think that Mario or Rabbits. Oh, what what nonsense is okay? I want this game. Mm-hmm. And like, look at look at the, look at the direction they're taking. Not just like game development wise, but like art mm-hmm. style wise. Look at Yoshi's Crafted World. Look at Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Look at Yoshi's Wooly World. Like Paper Mario. Like who the heck was Mario, doing a paper game? Yeah, Mario and Luigi. Like I, I still love the art style of Mario and Luigi. Like I love the art style of Mar- the Mario and Luigi games. And I, yes. I, I'm sad that Alpha Dream has gone bankrupt, and we might not get a one from them f- for a long time if they stay in business, right? Like, but that art style is really cool, and the concept of a of the legacy of Mario RPG, right? Like, those are cool art styles. I. I just can't, <laughs> I can't stress enough how important art styles, like even creative freedom. Look at captain toad treasure tracker. Yeah. That's such a weird game that they sold. Um, and um, now it's um, just super popular. A mini game that came from something else that got us on game. That sold like bunkers mm-hmm. on both consoles, mm-hmm. not just Wii U on Wii U and switch like mm-hmm. and 3ds. And 3DS, yeah, three. Yeah, I forgot it came out for 3DS. Like, I know. I, I once the Switch came out, I think everybody forgot that 3DS that existed. To be. But even, but even with the 3DS, like, I, I think people don't even realize a simple thing like even the ten dogs on DS. Nonsense on how well that sold. Look at Brain Age. Nonsense on how well that sold. Mm-hmm. Like. There's nothing, there's nothing about Nintendo that you could pinpoint to be like, this shouldn't work, and yet it did, and it's so well. Whether you play, you continue to play it or not, 
it was the talk of the town when people ca- got out. Like mm-hmm. the way Sony Sony fancy God of War and Bloodborne is the way people were seeing uh, Nintendo Dogs and Brand Age. Like twenty bucks for Brand Age selling like hotcakes. It was a fun game, by the way. That new one for Switch, I hope, comes over here. So. Oh, it will. It Plus, will. Like, even like even even Luigi's Mansion to an extent, right? Like a mm-hmm. like a ghost busting game starring Luigi. Nobody wants that, but we all want it, right? It's just it's crazy. It's just and and I know a lot of it comes from just like having the love for these characters, but it also comes from like smart game design and making charming characters to fall in love with and making funny stories or or lines of dialogue that you remember you know like hey people are still playing mario kart gp by namco and uh luigi's mansion arcade from capcom like folks are still playing that Mm -hmm. like that's that's crazy yeah so Uh, i mean uh but in terms of favorite nintendo developer i mean like I don't really know like the team names. I know they're like R and D one two three four, right? But like, I still think what Anuma did with with Zelda, with Breath of the Wild, and the way mm. that they're kind of taking that series is incredible. Uh, you know, I'm still a Twilight Princess defender. I'm still a, a Majora's Mask defender. I know history has seemed to swap on Majora's Mask, but uh, you know, I've been a defender of that. I. I wasn't a defender of Wind Waker at first. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be that person. But after playing it, and especially the HD remake on Wii U, which, man, can we please get that game on Switch? Like, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I. I defended Wind Waker to the death. I when I seen that I E3, I was just like, I need this. Yeah. And it's weird that you didn't defend it, knowing that me and you we love art. I know. But you know, I, at that at that time though, like at at the time, I had just like I I loved Ocarina and I loved Majora's Mask and I wanted to see like, you know, we saw the jump from Mario sixty four to Mario Galaxy. We saw the jump mm-hmm. from, uh, you know, we saw Metroid right, the Metroid Prime, and well, not I mean not yet, but we saw the Space World demo and stuff right, like, and then we saw the Space World demo of of Zelda of of that Zelda game, like uh, of, of Link finding Ganon in the, in a really good looking version of the Ocarina of Time art style. And every, I was like, yes, I want that so bad. And then, and then we got Wind Waker and I was like, man, what is this? And then, but then you play it and realize, oh, this is a really smart Zelda game. And this game is going to age well. And like, in terms of not only gameplay, but visually, right? Like you can still go back to the original Wind Waker. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little jagged here and there, right? But like, it aged better than anything from that era because of the art style, of the art direction, and you see the upgrade on Wii U, and it's like, man, this game sure. Is it? But isn't it crazy that I? And this may be me. And viewers, please correct me. Leave a leave a comment on our YouTube or Facebook group. I think Legend, of, the Legend of Zelda series, may have the most game of the years. Uh titles and i'm i'm going off based off the way that when wind waker came out it's a game of the year wind waker came out like what september or october like did it i thought i thought didn't that come out the same year as metroid prime 
because I think they those games split that year for most places. It was either for most for, for most places, yeah. But when Wind Waker came out, because it was being laughed at, when it came out, it literally took Game of the Year. I think Wind Waker took Game of the Year. Um, Ocarina of Time took Game of the Year, I believe. Breath of the Wild, of course, took Game of the Year. Um, uh, Link Between Worlds, like a handheld game. I know GameSpot. GameSpot gave Link Between Worlds that year game of the year, and something else big came out that year that everybody was like super surprised <laughs> that that won. It was it was. I I just remember that conversation like really wow handheld Zelda game that's interesting, so like like that was crazy. Yeah. You know, um, for me quickly, um, I I can't. Nintendo is one of the hardest companies to choose a developer who to be my favorite because I support and love all the developers on Intelligent System, um, Retro, uh, Monolith. Well, yeah, Monolith Soft. Um, I mean, even uh, the Mario, t- like even Platinum at this point, <laughs> they might as well be at this point. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Like, it, like even when Nintendo collab, like. Uh, Mercury, Mercury system, Mercury steam, system? steam, Mercury steam. steam, like that. That Samus return is on point, and you cannot deny from jumping, from going from that last Castlevania game that they got crowned for to Samus returns, being like literally like this is game of the year material right here, a remake mm-hmm. of a like, Game Boy game. <laughs> Of a Game Boy game, like, and Nintendo just like. I really hope that, like, I know we got Samus Returns on 3DS and mm-hmm. now Link's Awakening, but like, I mean, I I still hope we get Samus Returns on Switch at some point. Oh but, yeah. But like, I really like what Nintendo's been doing to these old Game Boy games that, like, you know, maybe they had an idea for them back then, but now they're mm-hmm. like fully realizing what they wanted to do with that. Uh, now right like i mean you look at Link's awakening and you're like man i can't believe this is the same game but like everything is right where you remember it right everything is everything is the same as you remember it. it's just now they f- have their f- their their vision fully realized and so uh, right like sh- like shout out to grezzo for like they grezzo sat down with nintendo and they worked together mm-hmm. to make this game there's some technical things but it's not like a big thing mm-hmm. or anything like grezzo also remade ocarina of time majora's mask for all those out there listening for the 3ds <laughs> so i just yeah, want so. i just want people to know that that's the developer and i think they did the wind waker hd uh remake for remake. Sw- for wii u yeah like it's that that's what i feel like like I could probably pick something from Microsoft, and I definitely could pick something for Sony. But it's like with Nintendo, I can't pick. It. I just can't pick one. Like all of them are my favorite. Nintendo, like Nintendo is my favorite. <laughs> just right. say, it. just go ahead and say it, Ed. Say it Nintendo, right here. Nintendo is a developer because hey, there are some games that say published by Nintendo, developed by Nintendo. So Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our last question of the day comes from. Steven Sorbic, uh, he says, hey, y'all, I found your show a few weeks ago, and I'm really enjoying what you're doing. Uh, what is the next game you want to see Nintendo give the Link's Awakening remake treatment? Um, 
Well, I always I always say a link uh, link to the past, and I always I want Super Metroid to be remade. Like I need that game to be. Yeah, remade. I would I would like, like to see, like uh, the the two D Zelda, like the early two D Zelda games get the get the Link's Awakening treatment. Like especially like if they've remade the first game, or even like I could even see them remaking Zelda two at some point. Uh, in this style, you know, like trying to make a decent overworld map that you kind of walk around in and then, you know, the 2d stuff. Like, I, I really think they could do something interesting with that. You know, they, they did really good 2d stuff in links awakening that, uh, you know, in Zelda two, you could do some, uh, uh, quality of life changes that would just immensely improve that game. You know, I know a lot of people have issues with that game. I never really got into it, but, uh, you know, I, I think those early Zelda games and like you said, Super Metroid would be I think now would be the time to do that. Uh I know it's available on Nintendo's Switch Online, but uh I think just making that giving that game a fresh coat of paint and giving it just mm-hmm. some tweaks here and there, like man, making one of the best games ever made even better is just like Sounds real good right now. <laughs> so I'm gonna throw everybody for a loop. Uh Gyromite. Or some people call it Gyromite. That what was the, the heck game is that? that that was the game that came with Rob the uh, robot. Mm. We don't need to, a new Rob the robot. But but think of think of Gyromite getting mixed with Super Mario Maker. Mm. Mm. Like that I think that would be cool. I can't think of what was the gangster game. Uh, when it was in the building and you shot them with the zapper. Uh, I don't know. The only game I played with the zapper was Duck Hunt. So, so, uh, yes. What think, zapper do you prefer, the gray or the orange one? I prefer the gray. Uh. Mine's was always gray. It was dark gray, light gray, and then red that says Nintendo. I have the orange one. So, you got. I think that's later on. Did they remix? They, the they the the orange one is the second edition because they put all those laws in place to make make sure like gun like toy guns looked different from regular guns oh. and the gray one looked too much like a real one I guess. Uh, people would look at that design to be like, "What the heck? This is not a gun." <laughs> but I guess <laughs> if y'all want to if y'all want to claim it, I'm just like, uh, uh-uh. I'm like, this thing go click, ping, click. I'm like, this is not, but. I guess so. What? Whatever, man. You know, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think last but not least for me, uh, I kind of would love, even though this is really pushing it, I kind of would love to have Eternal Darkness like in a remastered remake. Yeah, of I could see them like, like it would be like that in between space of remaster and remake right where mm-hmm. like you could kind of make everything look prettier but also like update the stuff that might seem out of date and like change it a little bit like oh, like goodness like the volume like the volume stuff you know like everybody had that nasty green bar to turn up or turn down your TV oh, yeah. right so like you, you don't really have that anymore so how would you update you know you got to think of those little things but uh, speaking of Eternal Darkness and not really Eternal Darkness, did you see that the developer of Fatal Frame wants to bring a new version to Switch? Koei Tecmo. Uh, I don't know who. I don't know. Yeah, who said Fatal it. Frame. 
Freddie Frame is from Koei Tecmo. And I was just thinking about that. I was just about to be like, that's why I was just like, ugh. And I mean, like, you could remake the first two, the, those first two that were on PS2, right? Yeah. Like, you could, ma- like, have an HD remaster of those games, right? So, that'd be kind of neat. Even though I don't play horror games, I wouldn't play them, but that would still be cool. Who would you give Eternal Darkness to? Um, and I would fear giving it to Remedy. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I like I like Control and Quantum Break, right? Like I like those games. Mm-hmm. I've I played Quantum Break what a couple years ago, and I I didn't finish it, but I want I want to. But I've been playing Control, and like I like that game. But uh, I wouldn't really give it to Remedy though. I was thinking maybe, uh, man, I don't know who you would give that to because like you don't really need to give it to. It. Actually, you know who would be a great developer for it. And I know they work a lot with PlayStation, but I know they've worked on other consoles before. Is Blue Point? I can see Blue Point doing it. Yeah, I, I, I just I think because Blue... just because they they do really good remasters and remake yes, stuff. Like they, they are. They're very good at like making sure everything feels like you remember it and updating the things that need updated. And, you know, that shout of the Colossus remake was pretty good. The mm-hmm. the ports of the Nathan Drake collection was faithfully uncharted like you know what i mean like they they do pretty decent work in terms of of faithfully remaking and remastering stuff so yeah i i I could see blue point doing it like i think they're technical wizards and they really got a vision on how a game will look like it it won't be the same eternal darkness but i think they could just add i think they could add some craziness to it to really push it so hard to be like whoa what we thought what we was getting from the original they've just pushed it to be on and did a fantastic job i would give it a blue point yeah yeah uh you know you could almost give it to uh uh super massive to the developers of until dawn and and uh Mm. I mean, not that like they're going to remake it, but like they they do well in that realm of making things feel really scary. <laughs> Until Dawn is very scary, you know. And if you want to like give it that little extra push of horror, like maybe uh, they you could look at them. I don't know. It's just an idea. It, camera angles and psychouts are a big thing for Eternal Darkness, so. They really would have to bring it. Like it has literally got to be some craziness, a bit creepy, but more psychological. Cause mm-hmm. uh, walking past a mirror and then, like, of course, the whole thing would be like your reflection was would come out. Uh, but I was just like, they could twist this in a certain way. Also, someone hurry up and uh, bring beautiful Joe to Switch. I need that. Yeah, I was just. Oh man, I, could you imagine if they made like gave Beautiful Joe the the Wind Waker treatment? Oh, just, good. Like making it look really like a comic book popping off the page. Oh, so I, cool. I think I would literally go pre-order something that's not. I mean, I like you look at you look how good Okami looks, right? Like Okami HD looks amazing. Yes, which is a game I really want to play. I I downloaded it and then I just never got to it because of things, but uh, I. I, I got to be on the ball now, you know, like if we're pushing this new thing that we're doing and, and trying to get it off the ground and getting everybody on board, like 
we j- I got to be on the ball now and, and be able to play games and look at games differently and everything. So I, I yeah, but like I, I have a list, a small backlog list of games that I need to play and need to finish. And Okami HD is on that list. Uh, so, and I, my game of the year list to finish and my backlog game list is, are two different lists. <laughs> Ed knows I like to make lists, <laughs> but yes. Uh, anyways, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of Nintendo Power Block. I want to thank everybody for watching. Uh, remember, you can find the show every Saturday at seven a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, Spotify, and other podcast apps. Remember to enter our giveaway. We are giving away Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield. Uh, so remember, you have up to four ways to enter. Uh, if you send them all in one email, that's okay too. Uh, details at the top of the show. Should I run down those details again, real quick? I might, yes. I might as well real quick. Uh, I'm just going to read what I have written down here instead of explaining it again. Uh, we are giving away a digital copy of both Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. You can enter up to four times by each of the following. Screenshot your podcast subscription. That's one. Review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's two. Uh, five-star reviews are the best, so make sure you leave that five-star review. Uh, an NX YouTube subscription and a mixer follow. Then send us an email of your screenshots to nintendopileblock at gmail.com and tell us where you listen to us and what you like about the show. The winner will be drawn on the Thursday prior to the game being released. Uh, get your entries in and we will get counting. So uh, I got to look that up now because that's really bothering me. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's Thursday the 14th. Uh, we'll be announcing that winner hopefully live so uh yes yeah so uh let me fix that on here so next week when i go to read this it'll be fixed um let's see 14 fixing on the fly you guys will never know but that's okay uh yeah uh so get your entries in i'm very excited for this giveaway so please come check us out uh and by the way ed and i i I think are going to do a separate episode that'll go up on all feeds uh, about how we're launching uh, this uh, Patreon and and what we need, what we want and what we expect and uh, you know, what we really want to do. You know, I've, I follow a lot of Patreons and I've been going back and forth on whether or not to do one or not. And, you know, cause like, I don't want to be the guy that seems greedy, but I also, think that everybody puts in a lot of work to these shows and what we've done over the last what three four years at this point uh, mm-hmm. you know ed and i have been doing stuff together since 2015 jesse joined us in 2017 ray's been doing stuff since you know 2015 ish probably a little bit before then uh but that's when i found ray so you know we we have a strong team and i think you know i think just based on what we are doing and what we have done. Like, I, I think everybody deserves us to be uh, rewarded for that on, on my, in my brain. So like, you know, I, I, I want to see this team succeed and be rewarded for the work that they do. And uh, I hope that's not greedy. I think it's, it's passion and, and, and love of what we do and, and we want to keep doing it. Uh, and we do, and you know, it's, it's, not uncommon for people to launch Patreons. We just talked about two today that <laughs> launched. So, uh, yeah, you know, 
and we have friends that have Patreons, you know, and, and, and I think, I, I, I think we can do it. So Ed and I are going to have a separate episode of, of stuff that's going up. That'll be up on the NX show feed and this feed, uh, the, the Nintendo power block feed. So, uh, and where we're going to announce shows and, and exclusive content and stuff. So look out for that. Uh, Ed, I know you're off this weekend or Saturday at least. So maybe Saturday night, you, me and Jesse can get together and talk about it, uh, while we play gears or something. We'll do something. So anyways, uh, Ed, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at that retro and check out option opinion on SoundCloud and other podcasts. Uh, you can find me at CorinHD713 on Twitter and CorinHD on Mixer and Instagram. Uh, you can also find both of us on the NX show, uh, which is available on podcast services every Wednesday. Uh, that this is kind of, uh, you know, the, the NX show is kind of just about all kinds of video games and stuff that we love and news and stuff. Ed hosts and I ride shotgun and Jesse and Ray are there as well. So, uh, yeah, I like to, I like to over explain things I've noticed. I've been listening to myself on podcasts lately and like now I'm in my head. So like, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like my conversation quality has degraded because I'm in my head and also mm-hmm. I'm tired from staying up late from making sure everything's up to date. So when we finally do things like it'll just be ready and I can just focus on this. Right. I was thinking about that today at lunch. We're like, I was like, if I could just get everything fixed and finished, I can actually sit down and play games when my wife and kid go to bed instead of remaking the thumbnails for the fourth time or, you know, updating the website for this third time. Or, <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? Like if I yeah. would just like stop giving myself projects, I can enjoy the stuff I like to enjoy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just really bad at, at um, you know, I just, I want everything to look perfect, right? Like that's, that's my downfall, Ed, is I want everything to look perfect and look good to the point where like, if I see one thing off about something, I will go in and fix it. But then I realize that I have to fix everything else that came before it. So, you know, I, I was looking at Nintendo Power Blocks, uh, play, uh, playlist today mm-hmm. and just looking at, like all the old pal block episode stuff. And I'm like, man, we started, redo- we started at 161 with the new iteration of pal block. Do I want to go back and fix the other episodes? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and that's not just in terms of the YouTube page. I'm like, should I make new thumbnails for the, for the website and for the, uh, the old podcasts like do i need to do that and like my brain's like no you idiot just use the old ones <laughs> but then my my creative side's like do it do it so but anyways uh hopefully you like subscribe and share uh rate and review us on your podcast service of choice it really helps with discoverability uh you know i i am liking the way our numbers are going they are going up uh you know, yes. 48% more listeners this week than last week. So, uh, Yay. I'm happy with that. And, uh, you know, I, I like the way the NX shows numbers are going up as well. 
Uh, so I, I know we need to do a better job of promoting the show on social media, which we will get to. But anyways, these outros are taking way too long. So I want to thank everybody for watching. And until next time, we love you. Bye, everybody. Woohoo!